Welcome to another episode of Humans of SDU. Today we are going to talk with Rune, who is student counselor and international coordinator at the Faculty of Science. Welcome Rune, thank you for joining us today. I'm happy to be here, thank you. It's our pleasure and um, we can just start uh, right away with uh, what is actually your role at the, at the SDU? Well, at SDU, I'm a student counselor at the Faculty of Science, and I have a special uh, obligation to take care of international students, both uh, exchange students, but also full degree master students. Um, yeah, so that's one part. The other part is with the Danish students also. So, so I have like those two main uh, tasks. Um, when I take care of the, the international students, uh, my task is to to welcome people so i spend uh, most of my time in the beginning of the semester uh, trying to make people feel um, at home or feeling welcomed anyway in denmark and um, actually for us in a country where we come from the, the student counseling it's not really a, a big deal we don't have a student counselor at our university so what is the what are you actually doing with the students when they come to you? What are the kind of problems that you, you are, they are reaching you with? Yeah, well, well, it, it can be problems. So it can be like personal problems uh, affecting their studies. It can be, yeah, something that just make them sad. It's very different, but it can also be trying to explore different uh, uh, options during the studies, uh, going abroad, uh, doing internships, uh, all that stuff. So, so it, it's very different, um, and of course, I think it's yeah. The most funny part, of course, is is talking about options and different uh, uh, choices and, and stuff like that. Um, but of course, it's also really nice to be able to to help if people have a a problem. Um, yeah. Sounds like very interesting. Job. So, what do you what do you enjoy it? What do you enjoy about? Uh, I'm I'm a problem solver as a yeah. type, <laughs> so uh, so of course I enjoy helping people. So, if they they have like some sort of challenge with the with their studies, the the best thing about my job is to to be able to to actually help them solve that and get on. And of course, sometimes it's, it, it can be quite frustrating to be a problem solver if you are not able to actually provide Solved. a solution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, very rewarding when you can see that the people actually moved or uh, exactly. solved their problem. Yeah. And my experience with, with uh, international students is that, that they are so grateful from, from help. And I think it's because they, they are in a sort of vulnerable situation when they arrive in a new country and they when they meet me and 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 I'm I'm trying to help and get them settled mm -hmm. and then they, it, it's very rewarding because yeah they they really tend to to welcome what I'm giving them so I I enjoy that and how did you actually become a student counselor <laughs> by coincidence. <laughs> I never thought I would be a, a student counselor. I think it was a, I was a terrible student myself, so, you know, not being able <laughs> so to maybe, keep maybe track. Maybe that's the way how you now can advise about <laughs> Yeah, well, I can yeah. definitely mirror myself in, in 
bad uh, habits and uh, not being able to <laughs> motivate yourself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, well, I studied um, Nordic lan language and culture. Oh. Um, and then I, I have a master's degree in uh, IT communication and something, organization, yeah. So it's like uh, software development. Um, and uh, once I finished my studies, I had different smaller jobs, and I ended up in a in a school for for nurses and um, and like small kids teachers. Um, and I worked in a library. From there, I got into the IT department, and from from that school, I went to University of Southern Denmark, where I became like a course coordinator in in the campus in Sonneborg. Mm -hmm. So then, then I got in touch with students. Uh, working with students for international students every day and uh, from that point on yeah a coincidence uh, meant that that there was a job opening here in Odense as a student counselor and then yeah yeah and I've been here for in, in my job now for, for more than seven years Oh, yeah. okay, that's yeah. nice. Uh, so it seems like you're studying very technical thing and now you moved more to working with people and that so do you like this? Like, yeah, I really enjoy working mm -hmm. with people. It wasn't really technical. It was like a informatics uh, okay. studies. So mm -hmm. it was some 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 like studies of how um, IT sort of affect people and organizations. So uh, I always study something with with communication and and oh, people. Okay. But yeah. I thought that I would be like a, working in some <laughs> software development. Of, department mm. or whatever uh, but yeah I, I enjoy it mm. and of course it can be tough as well because you meet a lot of people and you need to pay attention to each one of them but uh, again it's it's rewarding I'm thinking what's so specific about students is there anything about this particular group of people that makes them I don't know somehow different to other groups to communicate with or to the problems they take they have? <laughs> Yeah, first of all, they are, they are quite young. Uh, it's just fantastic working with young people that develop and learn new things. And uh, secondly, they are usually very motivated and uh, are very uh, passionate about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's just fantastic to, to work <laughs> with people just being so passionate about uh, what they're doing. It's fantastic. I enjoy that. And once in a while, when I have the time, I, you know, ask students about what they're doing for their bachelors or masters, and just let them tell, and it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very nice. Mm -hmm. You talk about us students very nicely, but I bet there are some bad things that go with it as well, aren't they? I think one of the things that that I observe is is that that. Once you students start taking our educational system or our society for granted, uh, and th then it starts to to bug me somehow, uh, because it, it we have a fantastic system and and uh, we have yeah, fantastic opportunities and and especially Danish students they they can sometimes forget that they are really privileged in, in, 
in living in a country like this. Um, mm -hmm. I think international students, they, they tend to have experiences from other countries. They that know are not how it can be. <laughs> exactly. So, so they, they, they yeah, are very, very grateful for, for what is the way we are doing things here. So, yeah, but so, so of course, and, and still, uh, you know, students can also be annoying and, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can meet persons that, that, that you don't really communicate well with. And then it's really nice that I have two great colleagues. So we also, actually, if if we feel that sometimes, okay, I can't really communicate with this person, then we talk about it. And next time that person would need a conversation, then it's one of my colleagues taking over. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. I will also came to my mind that you are meeting, as you said, the internationals, so there are people from all over the world, from different cultures, uh, different backgrounds, I would guess. So how do you deal with that? Like, is there a, can you see some like difference in the, your communication from like people from different parts of the world? That's yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you need to adjust your way of communicating with, with different people. Uh, people from Europe tend to, to share some of the same values and same cultural heritage, right? So, so it's not that big a difference. That mm -hmm. The main difference is sort of, uh, you know, you don't need to call me Mr. You can just call me by first name. And then yeah. people yeah. tend to relax and take it easy. <laughs> but once you, you meet people from like uh, Asia, especially, yeah, you you need to do something else in in order to sort of find a way to yeah exactly uh, because they are very polite and they have a big respect for you as an older person and uh, and it, it can be challenging actually to to get through to those people mm -hmm. um, and I don't have like a magic uh, <laughs> formula for how <laughs> to do it but uh, yeah sometimes it, it it actually works out we have this. Um, as part of the, the study start, we have uh, a workshop uh, called Lego Serious Play. Um, and it's a workshop where we uh, ask the students to, to build different stuff with, with uh, Lego bricks. And uh, we, we don't want them to build uh, like physical objects, but, but objects from their mind. So it can be like an experience or it can be like an expectation or something and and mm -hmm. and actually that uh, particular uh, workshop or exercise works quite well with uh, with opening communication with different uh, types of people because you sort of break down like a language barrier uh, with building something uh, with your hands uh, something tangible and uh, yeah, I tend, tend to, to actually open where it can be hard to to normally go and there you also see a difference between the cultures, like how, I don't know, how Danish person build their bricks and how... No, that's no. a funny thing. No, I don't see any mm -hmm. difference. I think, of course, there will be differences, but it's more like how you are as a person. If you're very, uh, think, very concrete, or if you are more, more uh, how can you say it? Abstract. More abstract thinker, mm -hmm. yes. Mm. So it apparently... When you start building stuff, starting modeling your thoughts 
and then you don't see the cultural differences that uh, mm. strongly anyway. Yeah. And so maybe all the things that we people share, like the experience, because I would argue that we pretty much experience, no matter where we are, same things, mm. kind of, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, the funny thing. When you work with international uh, students or people from other countries for over a longer time, then you start noticing all the, the things that are common. Uh, and of course, there are layer of, of cultural and uh, habits and stuff like that that uh, are different. But yeah, once you get beyond that, then people tend to have the, like the same experiences. Yeah, true. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, that's really one of the yeah biggest learnings I have had from from my job. I was also wondering what was the what is the thing that the people are most uh, most often come to you to, to talk about as a student? Is mm -hmm. it some, like as you say, discovering the opportunities or just some... Yeah, uh, well, a very common thing is uh, sort of being worried about the future. Oh, so, okay. what I'm going to use my, my, my program for, my education, which kind of jobs can I get? Will I, will I get a job? Those worries are very common. Even for students before they start university, they start asking before they choose their program actually, what can I use this for? So yeah, so it's very common. Uh, and and there's some kind of like universal answer for all this, like, well, oh, don't worry, or just... Yeah, or that's part of the first What's the approach then? Because I guess that I think we can all, again, all can relate to that, that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. You can be now, especially maybe now, afraid about if you have a job or whatever. So, yeah. how do you approach this thing? Yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult because I have a job and I've been in, in their situation 20 years ago uh, with the same worries or doubt or whatever, but sort of experiencing how like a career path can be very, you know, just zigzagging and uh, you don't really. I, you're not able to plan it anyway, so just take it easy. So that's my experience, right? But but it's not really a good answer for people being worried. Yeah. <laughs> say, well, don't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Everything will be be just fine, and yeah. it will usually make them even more nervous. So I, I actually um, take a different approach, right? So so I, I will try to provide with them with a few ideas of what they typically can use their program for, and then also. Uh, ask them to contact my colleagues uh, who are career counselors who are really really good at uh, helping students with um, sort of seeing which competences they ha have um, um, sort of combining their academic competences with their personal competences to see which profile do I have which where would I fit in and how how do I actually communicate what I'm able to do so I think that that is usually a, a good way of of uh, attacking that particular uh, worry with students so they can actually do something about it. They can go and they can feel more confident. Well, yes, these are the things that I actually can. Do you have at least some part of it like under control? Or exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that is the, the cause of, of the, the 
that worries is typically something that you can control, right? And once you you feel that you can more define it and you can you have something tangible to 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 actually feel that you can do something about, then then it's less worrying for the student. You do this only for the students of the science faculty? Yes, that's mm -hmm. my main And there are other group. people at other faculties who do yes, the same, I yes. suppose. But also, I, of course, I also meet uh, prospective students before they, they choose uh, programs. And yeah, it's sort of like high school pupils uh, mm -hmm. trying to compare like an engineering program with the with a science program, what's the difference, uh, yeah. what's right for me. So it's also interesting. Maybe to skip away from the school and uh, look into your personal life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know maybe also according to, I, I realized right now, looking at your shirt, uh, that you are uh, watching birds. Exactly. You were mentioning that. Yeah, exactly. There's birds on my shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I haven't noticed that. I'm not, <laughs> right now. That's why I bought it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, so how did you start watching where the whole, mm -hmm. whole person comes to this? I think it was a, like a, a really good biology teacher in, in one of our smaller classes, uh, just sort of, yeah, introduced me to, to being aware of small details in, in, in nature when you walk around. And uh, yeah, I remember, you know, we have like, like a little... Uh, place where we could feed the birds in the window, with outside of the window, and I just Like at school or at home? Uh, at home. Uh -huh. But you know, yeah, just watch. So, so from a early point, like four or five years, I've been oh. watching birds. And and it's like just a hobby, you know? It's just something that I, whenever I walk, walk, go for a walk or look out at the window, I just scan for, for any interesting <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to ask, like, how such a hobby looks like? Did you go and you like try to identify the bird, or yes, what's the fun behind it? Yeah, yeah, the fun mm -hmm. is is to to observe wildlife just outside of the, your window, and then also identify which kind of bird is this. Is this a common species for for this area, or is it kind of seldom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of my biggest experiences was just like a, just before the, the university lockdown. I was uh, sitting in my, my office and I had like a small view to, to the sky from in there. And then suddenly I had uh, five bald eagles just over the university, just uh, oh, wow. circling around. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I had, had this student in, in, in my my phone, right? And so I had to try to keep attention to what, what the student <laughs> <laughs> said to me while I was just being very excited, excited about the, uh, the eagles just above. <laughs> so it can be dangerous once in a while. Also, in, in when I go back and forth uh, from from home to work, uh, I'm in my car and it can be be kind of Ooh, okay, it dangerous to, to be just driving the car while trying to watch a bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. But it's something that you can, can learn over time. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a, like a competition in this thing? Yeah, there are, but um, well, I'm, I'm not that nerdy, but I know that we have there's really, really nerdy people. <laughs> you know, there's a, a really tough competition about being the one in Denmark that has the most species. And uh, 
I don't know if it's still there, but a couple of years ago, there were two guys just compare, uh, com competing and they were within just one species from each other. Mm -hmm. So they would do anything to, to sort of uh, beat the other. So <laughs> like sort of hiring, you know, private planes to go somewhere where they were a very special bird or oh, okay. one of them skipped his job to, to buy a little house very near to a, to a very good location and just getting a divorce <laughs> crazy <laughs> really crazy people <laughs> spending so much money and, and just devoting their life to, to just getting the most species <laughs> and how does it count like is it like time bound to like you have one year to spot as many species I think there's the different ways of doing it but, but for those guys it was simply just a list how many okay. birds have you seen in Denmark mm -hmm. Okay, in, okay, in your okay. life, yeah, and I think it was around 400 or something they they have seen. And do you have to prove it somehow, or is it based no, on trust? No, no, it's based on trust. Mm -hmm. And then you know, part of the competition here was that uh, one of them sort of doubted the other one, and you know, started <laughs> <laughs> spreading rumors about cheating, and you know, it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. It's a big business, I see. <laughs> yeah, but there's no no money, yeah. only like honor. Oh, the honor. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well I, I don't like that I, I really what I, I don't go driving like to see like a very exotic bird I actually just enjoy the the wildlife just around mm -hmm. where I live and yeah. just being able to to see that I'm in my garden maybe I have 50, 50 different uh, species of yeah. of wild animals it's Fantastic. Yeah, sounds, yeah. <laughs> and plus, I would argue that the, the university is kind of a good, good place yeah, because yeah. in all these uh, small forests, yeah, exactly. There's the raven. I don't know if it's raven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, it's the blackbird is the raven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but there are, there's a lot of them. Just, uh, it's fantastic to yeah. see, yeah. especially just around sunset, where you see all the blackbirds gathering yeah, around, yeah. and then a big. Yeah. That's kind of scary if you know. Yeah, it's so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially it was in the in in autumn. They were like all of them, and then they were just like flying yeah. all around. Yeah. Like that. Huge flocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you have that. Yeah, some, some nice places for for going and watch bird. And I, I know our biology students also do research uh, in uh, like how does he uh, like breeding and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So they have a lot of small boxes with the for, for the birds around him yeah. but you have a lot just like a hobby your yeah, yeah. Fa family doesn't have to worry that you're gonna leave them for birds no, no. okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe sometimes i would run away and wave my arms and come here i'll see <laughs> you know, yeah and i learned my kids a few birds as well so, so. do they enjoy it as well don't think they enjoy, but, but they know that <laughs> that I enjoy. So they, they have to. Yeah, yeah, so, so if I'm going in my car, I can ask my daughter, uh, try to look at that bird over there. Was it uh, like whatever? And she would say, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> then, I can, then I can be calm <laughs> instead of crashing the, the car. Yeah, that's good to have more eyes on your car. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, our last question, uh, because you have experience with many people and I believe that taught you a lot. And we would like to ask you if you have some life hack 
of yourself, something that helps you go easier in the life and cope with difficult situations, maybe. Mm. So if there's something like little thing that yeah. you could recommend. Yeah, I actually do have. Um, I've been keeping a diary of uh, positive uh, obs- observations for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually helps uh, keeping a positive mind. Uh, so, so it's very simple. So each night before you go to bed, write down three good things that happened to you during the day. And you find out that even you have a crappy day, then you are able to find the three best things in a way. So you force yourself to, to getting a positive uh, perspective on things. And it, it works. And it, right now I'm, I'm, I, I'm always done with my first uh, I guess diary, right? Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding to think, well, now I have 200 pages of positive things that happened to me. Yeah. And you can actually go back and try to find a pattern as well. So yeah, it's a good, that's easy. So go and buy a notebook. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good start (laughs) for a good life. (laughs) Okay, Adula, thank you very much for joining us on our podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. And that would be it for today. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday with another episode.